This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Good morning, Canada. Coast to Coast, Golf Talk Canada, TSN Radio Network, iHeartRadio app, and broadcasting on TSN 2 television this week. And if you watch Golf Talk Canada television this week, Bob Weeks would have told you Hong Tong Lee was going to win the PGA Championship. <laughs> yes. I'm pretty sure I heard that, Bob. Uh, that was my pick all the way along. It's been my pick for the next three majors as well. Actually, for the for the seven majors in 12 months, that's who I'm picking is Hong Tong Lee. <laughs> uh, you know, you break it down. You analyze it. You <laughs> take a look at the numbers. You can make any story you want up. And, and a lot of times, Bob, you know, it, a lot of these things make sense when we look at them. And then Hong Tong Lee. It's like, uh, it's like trying to pick the winner of a horse race with 156 horses in it, you know, and you never really know what's going on. That's right. And, and look, look who's second, tied for second, right? You got, sure, you got Brooks Kepka, Justin Rose, Jason Day, Daniel Berger, Tommy Fleetwood, but you also got Mike Lorenzo Vera. Yes, of course, a household name. Exactly. Really. So a lot of guys scrambling for their media guides yesterday, I can tell you that. <laughs> well, I will say this. Um, the record book would look very different if, uh, major championships were only 36 holes. So we've got a long way to go here. And uh, I know you and I were, have been glued to it, uh, as a lot of people have. So 36 holes to go. Hong Tong Lee, currently your leader, a two-shot lead over host of players. We're going to break this down. TSN has the coverage this weekend, CTV, as we break down the first 36 and get you set up really for the final 36 here with the year's first major from TPC Harding Park. Adam Scully with us, of course. We'll do stardom, sit-em, winners, we're in what? Ralph Bauer, PGA Tour swing coach. Of course, coach to Adam Hadwin, who's low Canadian at one under as Adam heads to the weekend. Uh, very different day, Bob, from Thursday to Friday in, in terms of you know, I think the draw played out the way it was supposed to. You know, a lot of times when you're watching the Open Championship, you can get very lucky or unlucky with what side of the draw you were on. But the days kind of played similar in terms of, you know, there were some good scoring conditions both mornings, and then overall in the afternoon the scoring average came up a bit as those winds kind of blow in and blew in. Uh, there were some outliers and guys that went low maybe when they shouldn't. That's golf. Uh, but overall... Things have kind of settled in the way they should, and now we'll really get a sense of who's playing well. Yeah, and I, I think the course is uh, holding its own. we got an 8-under, but I, I guarantee you right now, if you talk to some of those guys and said, give me 8-under, I'll go sit in the clubhouse for the next two days, uh, that's going to look pretty good on Sunday, 8-under, because I don't think this is going to get any easier. I think the winds are supposed to pick up through the weekend, which is going to make it tough. And a lot of guys have... I mean, I talked to Adam Hadwin last night, and he was telling me that the... The greens are really hard to read, even with the green books, he said. And the, the reason they are is there's just no, there's no big slopes on them. They're very subtle. In a lot of cases, they look completely flat, and you can sit there and look at this thing from, with the green book. You can look at it with your eye and still not figure it out. So I, I, think, the, I think these scores right now are, uh, are pretty good, but I don't, I don't think it's going to get much easier. You know, and, and uh, Jason Day was talking about how they, later in the day they get a little crispy. And he's saying there was a purple color right. for them, right? I don't know U.S. Open-ish. Yeah, U.S. Open-ish. And 
again, they're not as fiery as that, but they're enough to put some doubt to your point. And sometimes subtle breaks. You know, I'd much rather have a two-foot break on a putt that I can obviously see what's going on than, than those little subtleties are, are, are hard to pick up on. And it's going to be a fun 36. The one thing, I really like the setup. I like the golf course. I had the pleasure of playing the golf course a few years back. Um, I like the setup. I think the PGA's done a great job with it. The one thing... That I, that I wish was a little different, and there's not much they can do. It's just the, This is just the growing patterns. I don't think this was a setup decision. This is just the way the rough has grown, is that if you miss the fairway by about a, a foot or two feet, sometimes you have no shot, whereas you miss it by 8, 9 yards, 13 yards. You can get some real patchy, thin stuff because those trees are so tall and it doesn't grow as thick underneath. So there is a bit an element of luck involved to, to that. I wish it was thick the whole way through. I don't want the graduated rough. I don't want it thin and then to – I mean, I want it thick, period, end of story. But that's the only thing. Other than that, I think the setup's been fantastic. I don't think I recall, though, as many guys hitting it so far offline. Like, there's big players – who are hitting it two fairways over yeah. and stuff and being able to come back. And and I think I think the driving could be a huge part of what happens on this weekend because those trees, obviously, we've seen a few uh, golf balls gobbled up by those. But you're right. You can get good breaks and you can get bad breaks in those trees, which is um, it's not like uh, last year at Bethpage where, you know, if you were in the trees, you were dead. You were jumping right. out. But um, but I, I as like you said, I love the golf course. I think it's a wonderful test, and I, I don't think it's going to get any easier, as I said. Uh, it's interesting that you bring up the trees and the driving. I was looking at some of the driving numbers last night and this morning. I am shocked at how poorly some of our leaders are driving the yeah, golf ball. These guys I mean. are guys under par, right? That's these are not I the guys mean. missing the cut. <laughs> right. I hear you. All right, we got lots to get to. Of course, we will get to some leaderboards later on in the show. There is some golf happening outside the PGA, so we will get you caught up on that. Of course, 20 Weeks of TaylorMade continues so much to get to. Let's kick it off with some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by the McKenzie Tour, PGA Tour Canada. Tomorrow's stars today. All right, Bob, kicking it off in news and headlines. And we do have, again, like I said, there are other things happening in the world of golf outside of uh, the PGA Championship. But let's start with Tiger Woods. Putting with a blindfold, it seemed, (laughs) Tiger Woods the other day. Um, What do you take? He he comes in with a a new putter that was talked about quite a bit in the first couple of days leading into this tournament when when news broke that he might put a different club in the bag. He goes in with a uh, Scotty Cameron, very similar to the one he's uh, won uh, 14 of his 50 majors with. It's a little longer, so he can apparently put in more hours of practice, uh, take some stress away from his lower back. Weight adjustments at the bottom so he can play with green speeds. If it's too, if it's faster greens, he can lighten up the head, et cetera, et cetera. 115 putts, 115 feet, excuse me, of putts on Thursday for a round of 200 par. You make 115 feet of putts, 200, it should be better than that. Yesterday, I mean, if he was rolling into a bathtub, he would have missed. Uh, I calculated my, my rough calculations, 43 feet of putts he made. He made just over 12 feet on the front side. Just over 12 feet of putts. That's like a foot. I mean, it's it was ridiculous. He had six putts inside 15 feet, feet never made one of them. You're not going to make all those, but you expect to make one or two. And when I looked at, at what he, how he was putting, to me, two things kind of stood out. One was it looked like he was, getting, he was misreading putts because it looked like he was hitting them the way he wanted to, but then at the end he's kind of going, well, why isn't that doing this? Or the other thing that a lot of guys were mentioning, and this has been a problem of Tigers whenever he's putting bad, is he doesn't release the putter head. You know, that toe doesn't come through because right. he's one of those kind of rolling guys. Um, but whatever it is, 
he's got he's got to figure that out because he's gonna it, not only is it going to improve his score if he can figure it out but if he doesn't figure it out he's going to drive him crazy right. i mean those putts when you when you when you just keep hitting the putts that you think are good um, I don't know. He said last night that he misread the speed. The way it, the speed looks and the way the speed is are two different things that he can't put together. And listen, I understand he's got the bad back. I understand that he's got to prepare the way he needs to prepare, et cetera, et cetera. I understand that he comes into Augusta every year, which, of course, he knows like the back of his hand, barely plays golf and has a chance to win because it's Augusta. For everything other than Augusta when it comes to majors, Playing golf at home. I am so sick, Bob, of hearing about reps at home. Yeah. You're playing at 100 degrees in Florida, riding around in a golf cart, putting on Bermuda grass. Probably not. Probably just taking your gimmies. I mean, there is, it is not preparation. It, it, it is a foreign thing you were doing in Florida versus what was happening on the West Coast to get, you know, at TPC Harding Park. It's a, and you're seeing it. it. He looks like a guy who is just rusty. Little parts of his game rusty all over the place. I agree. That's that's just the way Tiger is right now. I think, and it's just it's it's the fine balance between how much his back will let him play, mm-hmm. and how much he needs to play. If he's healthy enough and he plays uh, enough playoff golf, which we're leading into now, the FedEx Cup playoffs, there's a chance by the time we get to Wingfoot, we might have a, a Tiger Woods on point. Yeah, that's right. right. He might have three or four starts under his belt. If he's healthy, that might be the time. Yeah. Cameron Tringali gets DQ'd. Did you see that? Signed, did. signed for the lower card. Uh, and, uh, you know, here we go again with the uh, the scorecard uh, rules. But he signed for a score that was lower than he made. He gets disqualified. This is a great news story. Canadian pros donating to help the Canada Life Series. Well done, boys. Ian Leggett, our good pal, he uh, spearheaded this effort. He got all the Canadian pros who are on the PGA Tour, the Champions Tour. So that's... Weir and Ames and uh, Dillette and Hearn and Hadwin and Hughes and Connors and Gligic and Sloan and anyway they all came up through the either the either PJ Tour Canada or the precursor of the Canadian Tour. They all got together, threw in a thousand bucks each to raise eleven thousand dollars, and they're going to give the low round of the week at the Canada Life Series. That's the the young series that they've got. There's four events: two out west, two in Toronto. Um, it'll each get uh, twenty-seven fifty, I think, for that. And good for them, giving back to uh, to their roots. Yep, that's great. It's great that they were able to put something together uh, from a series at all this year with the border closed, looking like we weren't going to have anything on PGA Tour Canada. Yeah. And here we go. So that's fantastic. Uh, A&A inspiration to go without fans, no surprise there. Yeah, major championship, that's kind of the only thing. It just seems like the LPGA week by week is lopping off more and more events without fans. We talked about this before, how the LPGA really kind of needs that gate money uh it was really helped them out but they're going to go ahead and they've got some good sponsorship with ANA so that's uh, the second major without fans for them and uh, our relationship with the U.S. apparently <laughs> continues to get stronger right now under this current political environment now uh, golf clubs might so, be uh, on the list of, of, of tariffs what, what is going on here Bob so uh the president of the United States decided to slap a 10 percent tariff on Canadian imports of aluminum saw that uh that's a believed to be sort of a little bit of a uh, to try and help his base coming up for the election because they had that before then they got rid of it now it's back on so the canadian government has to find a retaliation obviously this is how this works right right. yeah Yeah. and uh tit for tat and so they're finding a number of products that are coming in that they're going to put a a tariff on and apparently one of them is might be has not confirmed yet could be golf clubs if we really want to get back just put it on canadian beer because their beer is horrible you put some real beer yeah all right just stop the beer from going (laughs) south all right uh golf week bob this is cool before we go to break on the other side we're going to dive right into the pga championship and uh 
and get you set for that. But Golf Week, I love lists. You know I love my lists, yeah. right? So Golf Week came out with the top 10 golf courses in America you can play. So they're top 10 public list. Uh, Bandon Trails at Bandon Dunes is number 10. Beth Page Black. Kiowa Island Ocean Course, obviously. Shadow Creek. The original Bandon Dunes at Bandon Dunes. Whistling Strait. Bandon Dunes Old McDonald. Pinehurst number 2. Bandon Dunes, Pacific Dunes at number two. So <laughs> I'm sensing all, a trend here. <laughs> all four courses at Bandon Dunes inside the top ten. Of course, Sheep's Ranch just opened out there, but that is uh, too new to rank. And number one, Pebble Beach. I'm proud to tell you I got nine of the ten. Hey, by the way, uh, Bandon Dunes is going to be the site of the U.S. Amateur next week. Is it really? Yeah. How about that'll that? be good. That'll be good TV, too. Yes, Right there. That's fantastic. Yeah, I have yet to play Beth Page Black. That's what I'm missing on that list. I don't think... Uh, I think I've played Shadow Creek might be the only one I've played of that group. Well, that's because you're always in those big money games in Vegas. Yeah, that's what's going exactly. on there. All right. On the other side, head first into the leaders and the first page of this leaderboard at the year's first major. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by TaylorMade. Every day, more golfers are playing the TP5 and TP5X golf balls. Join them and you'll see why. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada as we break down the first 36 the next 36 at the year's first major leaderboard looks like such. Hai Tong Lee is your leader at 8 under par. That's good for a two-shot lead over Mike Lorenzo Vera, Brooks Kepka, Justin Rose, Jason Day, Daniel Berger, Tommy Fleetwood, all at 6 under par. Paul Casey, 5 under par. Brendan Todd back again. At five under par. Cameron Champ at five under par. Host of players in at four under par, including Dustin Johnson. Uh, Bob, what were your first impressions on with this leaderboard? Jason Day has been trending in this direction. He's played well. And you know what? He's I'll be the first to say I was wrong. Four or five weeks ago, I was really concerned about Jason Day. We keep hearing about the back. We keep hearing about the back. And I thought there was more going on here. He looks, looked completely lost in the wilderness. But some small steps, some graduating, uh, you know, positive yardage on the board seems to be every week. And now here he is with an opportunity. Justin Rose has been nowhere to be found. Daniel Berger, another guy playing great. Daniel Berger doesn't surprise me on this leaderboard. But there are a lot of surprises. Uh, Jason Day is the guy that kind of jumps out at me, and I, I was surprised too when I went back and looked at he's finished in the top ten the last three weeks, or last three starts anyway. And um, the, when I looked at when I look at Jason Day, I can tell how he's going to play in a lot of cases by <laughs> how he bends down to pick up his tee. Yeah, you know, like it's almost like uh, like I don't know what it is. It's like it's you can just sense how, how his back is feeling, how gingerly he goes down and gets that tee. There's been none of that, and he kind of talked about last night about how. Um, you know how much it's been hard work to get that back into shape, but he's actually not played 
terribly, but I had this impression of my mind that he hasn't really been anywhere for a couple of years, but it's, you know, he's just got starts. Well, he hasn't been until the last two, three stops. weeks, right? He's had a couple of good finishes last year as well, but you're right. It's sort of like one week you don't know if he's going to be able to walk again, and the next week he's seems like he's normal again, and he's putting up a top ten. Three years ago, I followed him uh, for four days at Wells Fargo for PGA Tour Radio, and I we always have that conversation. You know, when, when someone's got their A-plus a game, who's the best in the world with their A-plus game? And you can, you know, is it Rory? Is right. it DJ? Is it Kepka? You know, I never think or I've never thought that we give enough credit to Jason Day. Not that he's the best. I'm not saying that he he carries that title. But what I am saying is when he has his A-plus game, I mean, he can run away and hide. He did it in 2015 at Whistling Straits. He did it three years ago at Wells Fargo, which is a very hard golf course. Brooks Kepka is in the mix. Two off the lead, opportunity to... Do something that is very rarely done. Hasn't happened in uh, 70 years in any major and over 100 years in the PGA Championship. Yeah, just shy of 100 years. And the last time for the uh, for three in a row in any major was yeah. Peter Thompson in the early, early 50s. 50s yeah. Right. Uh, looked to, had, had some treatment yesterday Was uh, uh, to his left side. And every, every problem he has physically is his left side, which is a problem because he leans on that left-to-right ball flight. And if you can't post up on that left side and get onto your left side, that's when you have some challenges off the tee. We saw him getting the treatment and whatnot yesterday. Before we jump into Brooks Kepka, let's hear now from Brooks Kepka. That's fine. It's just tight. Uh, my hip, TFL, it's kind of, it usually is on the side, but it, it moved to the front and it's just my whole hip's tight, but uh, it's fine. It's not not an issue. We'll get it figured out. I woke up like that this morning. What were your thoughts when you saw him on the ground? I thought knee for sure, and I thought. But then I, and the first time I saw him, it was like doing one of those where they pull on his leg, and I've and I've I've had that done at physio myself, and it's like, you know, sometimes it's kind of like a little pop thing. But uh, so I was kind of a bit worried. But then when I saw them stretching it later, first of all, it looked very. Painful to be put into those positions, but by the <laughs> trainer. And the second thing I thought was, wow, I wonder who walks around with their trainer on the golf course. It's lucky that he was there, but he must have known. He said when he woke up, he could feel it was bad. So I'm sure he had the trainer coming around by the TFL is the tensor fascia latte. So or late. I don't know how to say that last word. Sorry, guys. Thank TFL, you, doctor. Thank you, doctor. Yeah, thank you. Exactly. But uh, but he said it's not an issue. It's not connected to the knee. So that's good news. He is 72nd in strokes game putting right now, and he was negative uh, 0.11 on the side of strokes game putting yesterday. Is it just that clear cut, Bob? Is that simple for me? If, I, if, if I'm going to give you this sentence, if uh, Brooks Kepka wins the PGA Championship because he did blank well, is it that simple? Just putting? Uh, yeah, I think he's. If he can put, if he can put a little better than he did yesterday, I think that he's he's doing the rest of the other stuff. I mean, we look at the numbers, and as we said before the break, it looks like you know he's driving it all over the place. He's he's only hit half the fairways, but that's a good for tie for thirty third. I mean, it's like not everybody's driving it well. So he's good in that side. That part, that sorry, that birdie he made on the last hole yesterday out of that bunker, he had the most ridiculous lie, and he hit it to seven feet and rolls it in. That to me kind of epitomizes. What makes Brooks Kepka good is that he can turn something that's that looks just ugly and make something out of it, and he just grinds it out so well. How many guys in the field could even hit that shot? Oh. At, at, never mind in the situation, but just stand there with a uh, stand there with a bucket of balls on Tuesday. I don't think half the field could hit that shot. And the fact that he pulls it off in competition, you're right. There's a there's a thing in his brain that allows him. That's what I think. What allows him to play so good in major championship golf is he doesn't. Fear the what ifs. He he sees the situation. He thinks I can hit this shot, and he's able to pull it off. That kind of sounds like somebody else we used to uh, watch <laughs> around majors. Okay, uh, Jason Day. 
uh, one of the nicest guys uh, on the PGA Tour, one of my favorite people to talk to. Uh, you know, it's weird, Bob. Like you, you'd be able to speak to this because you've been covering golf for so long. You have so so many great relationships with uh, the players uh, of, of Team Canada, especially obviously over the years. But there's those guys that you tend to follow or gravitate to that you end up building a relationship. I know you're a big fan of Jim Furyk, for instance, right? Jason Day is is one of those guys for me. Just for some reason, I end up calling him a lot. And when he wins, I'm, you know, standing there for some reason. And he's just a really good guy, and, and you want to pull for him, and you hope this continues for him, his good play. Six under par. Let's quickly hear from Jason Day. When you have a difficult golf course, uh, usually the kind of the, the the good players that are playing well usually make their way up to the top of the leaderboard. So I just I would much prefer playing a difficult golf course. I know that we're going to have a difficult golf course over the weekend. So... Um, you know, I ask for that, but then when I play it, I'm stressed out. So it's just, uh, I, I enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy the, enjoy the weekend. All right. Jason Day saying he's going to enjoy the weekend. Again, another guy at the top leader board, Bob, 50% of his fairways. And he's one of those guys where you just, like you said, you just love to cheer for him and you like to see him healthy and you like to see him back in the, at the top of the leaderboard. And he's one of those guys, if you say, I say, Jason, have you got a minute? And 10 minutes later, he stops talking. <laughs> you know, he's just one of those really, really gregarious, typical Aussie, typical Aussie. Very much so. Uh, Daniel Berger, not a surprise on this leaderboard, has played exceptionally well, has already won this year in the restart. He's also at six under par alongside with Justin Rose. Tommy Fleetwood goes out early yesterday, 64, was staring down maybe a 62-63. We, we know how rare these numbers are in major championships. Before we jump into Tommy Fleetwood, let's hear from the Englishman. I kind of actually got to the last hole and hit the drive in the fairway, and then I, I thought, oh, I'd make a birdie for a 63. Yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's good. That'll be, a, that'll be a couple of those that I get. It didn't quite happen, but... Um, I was, you know, I felt very present today. I think the golf course does that to you. You know, every shot's so demanding around here that, um, you know, you never really get too far ahead of yourself. And here we go again. Tommy <laughs> Fleetwood. And I say here we go again because it's Tommy Fleetwood and Tony Finau, who happens to be at three under par, still very much part of this golf tournament, where we go when it's a big event. They always seem to be there. They always seem to play well. But they can't jump the hurdle. They can't finish uh, across the finish line. Now, Tony Finau's had a problem with that week in, week out this year on the PGA Tour. He's had several opportunities to win since the restart. Um, you know, he had it in at, at Memorial. He had the opportunity at 3M. I mean, like, Tony Finau's had multiple opportunities to win, can't get it done. He's playing well again in a major. But Tommy Fleetwood, you could almost say the same thing, Bob. He's had incredible opportunities to win majors, has not been able to, to, to break through, uh, I never thought this was a real Tommy Fleetwood type of golf course, but a 64 proves me very wrong. You know, I think he plays really well on difficult golf courses. Uh, we saw him at Shinnecock put in that great round, the 63. Um, we've seen him at a couple of others. He's had uh, he was runner-up last year at the Open Championship, kind of a backdoor runner-up or not a deep contending runner-up. A U.S. Open he's played well at. So I think he likes those hard golf courses, and I think in most cases he hasn't lost the majors, he hasn't taken himself out of it as much, at least in late rounds, as much as other guys have just beaten them, like Kepka at, at Shinnecock and things like that. But I, I, he's a guy, I think, who's one of those few guys who can really put a low round up on a difficult golf course, whether he can do it here this week over the next two. He hasn't played a lot of competitive golf. He spent the, this is very nice, he spent the uh, pandemic break when he came over to America. All he did was tour around and play in the Hamptons. 
Nice life. (laughs) (laughs) He was one of those players. He was one of those guys that was a little bit more tentative to kind of jump in and have the restart. So apparently all it takes is one competitive round of 70 to knock the rust off for Tommy (laughs) Fleetwood because that's what he opened with. He followed it with a 64. Okay, on the other side, flip side of the coin. We know who's in contention. Who played 36, packed their bags, and went home? Surprisingly, some pretty big names that barely made the cut and others that are already hitting the road and calling it a day. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by TaylorMade. Every day, more golfers are playing the TP5 and TP5X golf balls. Join them and you'll see why. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Ho-Tung Lee will take the lead into the weekend. A lot of players on his heel. Let's look further down the leaderboard, Bob. Dustin Johnson, I think, is a guy you need to watch at four under par, uh, trending in the right direction. Looked pretty good with the putter yesterday, which has been the, the really the uh, club that's been killing him all season. Tony Finau at three under as well, continues to play well. So I'm surprised that Adam Scott at two under par, I thought he would have a rough week. Uh, just no disrespect to Adam Scott. He's one of the best uh, golf swings uh, on the planet. Hasn't played any golf. No, it's right. He's been kind of MIA, and and with uh, his own reasons, he didn't. You know, he wanted to wait a little bit longer, see how stuff shook out a little bit. But he's one of those guys who doesn't play a heavy schedule anyway. So I think he's. It's it's not new for him. In other words, what's happening this week? Uh, Bryson DeChambeau two under par. Colin Morikawa, which who was my pick coming into this event, also at two under par. And I don't believe that this two or three under group at all is even close to being out of this, Bob, because I'm not convinced the leads at eight under. Do you think DeChambeau is the one that sort of jumps out at me from that group right there? And I said a couple of weeks ago at Memorial when it was really tough and playing hard and fast with deep rough, looked kind of like a major championship setup, and he played poorly, that it kind of exposed him. And I'm kind of thinking the same thing here this week. It just seems that he may prove me wrong by, the, by Sunday, but it just seems that this power game that he's pulling off or trying to get going uh, doesn't translate well to a course when it's hard and fast with long rough. And I- I, well, I'll take it one step further. I think it. I think it is part of his mental makeup with this. I mean, and, and what I mean by that is he's a hundred percent all in, and I don't believe you can be a hundred percent all in on anything. For, for I'll give you an example, uh, Brant Snedeker. Okay, he's one of the best putters on the planet, especially when we get on those crispy greens out on the West Coast with Poa and whatnot. This that. Uh, Brant Snedeker doesn't come to a, a, a PGA Tour event saying I'm not going to drive it well. I'm just going to, all I'm going to worry about is my putting, and that's, I'm going to live and die by my putting. Right. Okay. DeChambeau's doing the same thing, I, I believe, off the tee. Yesterday, the 10th hole, very long uh, par five. Well, I, I, yesterday, it was playing 600 yards. He hits this monstrous uh, drive down the left side, carries the ball 320 something. I mean, you couldn't see the golf ball. 
um, uh, the, the, the play-by-play team said you can't see the ball. Worst lie they've seen all day up the left side of 10. He decides to go for it. Goes across the fairway back into the rough again. Is that? I mean, so yes, you can be about power. Yes, you can play that game. But you got to make a smart decision once in a while. If you get up there and you've hit one 325 and you can't see the golf ball, you got to get it in a good position after yeah. that. And it seems to me like it's it doesn't matter what the situation, he's going to live and die on this sword. Yeah, I saw him hack it out of that rough and just went straight right off a off, uh, deep lie because he was hitting like he was a trying to go for the green. Exactly. I think he plays better when there are fire ants around as well. That's the only thing <laughs> about, about Bryce. But do you, do you get the I, same sensation? Yeah. I, I think he's a one-trick pony. He's That's, kind of got it into his you. head that this is the only way I can play. Right. Whereas I think you have to be more adaptable and you have to uh, kind of give what the golf, take what the golf course gives you more often. And it doesn't seem like Bryson's willing to do that right now. Right. Now, uh, now it, on the other side of that coin is he's at 200 par. And I'm not so sure the lead's at eight, if you right. know what I mean. There's right. a chance, and we, you know, really depends on how hard it plays today and what the PGA, uh, what the PGA of America does with setup. It's not like our leader here is got a history of closing doors in big events. <laughs> right. The lead could could be still at eight at the end of the day. Could be seven. Could be six. If that's the case, if the lead comes back just one or two shots, and you're at two under par today, and you shoot 67, man. You're in a really good spot. Do you think the lead's going to move forward, or do you think it comes back a little today, Bob? I'm, I think it's at six or seven, the lead today. Uh, I, I said to you, like, at the start of the show, I think if you give me eight right now, I'll go sit in the clubhouse and you guys come and get me. I, I, it might get beat. It might get to 10 or 11, but it's not going to get easier out there. And the rough isn't getting cut, <laughs> so and the greens aren't getting watered. So I think, uh, I think right now that if you are, I think you can be one under and, and still have a good shot now with a good weekend. I do, too, because I'm looking at this leaderboard, and I'm going, okay, today, out of those guys that are at six under par, if they're going to get it to double digits, one of those guys has to shoot 66 to get it to double digits. And the only name in that group right now that I think can shoot 66 is Kepka if he's healthy on this golf course. I think there's a few guys maybe do it, but, maybe. but you're right. That has shown me so far. Maybe, right. I don't know. But you're right. Look, there, there's a gaggle of guys I see at one under par that have a lot of good credit. I mean, there's Gary Woodland, there's Webb Simpson, there's John Rahm. So there's some players there that can put a good move on today. That's it. You're at one under and you get it to five Rory's under par. At one under. Rory, and you, you're at one under par, you get it to five under, and you see what happens to the lead. It could be a very different Sunday than what you're anticipating. Now, Rory McIlroy that's where I was going next, Bob. He was in the group yesterday with Justin Thomas and Tiger Woods. Uh, I'm going to call this the looking for a pulse group. <laughs> because for the, uh, with the exception of Rory McIlroy in the middle of his round, who all of a sudden woke up and went on fire three birdies in a row and was changing the narrative of his PGA Championship, then had maybe one of the worst sevens I have ever seen Rory McIlroy make. A complete brain dead. It's like, it's like he just went numb. I, I don't know how it happens or why it happens. It's a lack of concentration certainly involved. But the group had no energy. Now Rory could quite easily be sitting at 400 par, now sits at one under. What, what were you thinking when you were watching that seven from Rory? Well, I was thinking uh, he's just the train has just got it on the tracks prior to that, making a string of birdies out, and now all of a sudden he's just giving it all back. And it seemed like that was sort of the story of his first two rounds is one step forward, two steps back in a lot of ways. I mean, talk about a guy who struggled with the putter. I mean, he had so many good looks at putts and, and just didn't sink any. And you can just see the exasperation on his face when some of those things don't go down. But you're right. That, uh, that 12th hole, the 7, was... I mean, other than that, if you take that out, it's a pretty good day for him right. all around, right? Yeah. He's yeah. three under par. Especially because it, you know, it was heading in the other direction. Now, we, we should mention here, because uh, Ralph Bauer is going to come up uh, hour two of the show, uh, PGA Tour swing coach, also the coach Adam Hadwin. 
Adam opens up with a 68, follows up with a 71. Um, very different conditions on Friday than what he played in Thursday. What did you see from from Adam uh, in day two that maybe might have been different? For you, um, you know, I talked to him last night, and he said that uh, he didn't really have a good day, solid ball striking day. And, and I thought he had a good line. He said, you know, I'm not taking advantage of my good shots or my good opportunities. And I think you have to do that in majors. He understands that. I mean, he was, he was trying to get me off the phone because he wanted to watch the Canucks. <laughs> but, <laughs> Typical. But, but, yeah. But, but he, he is really kind of embracing the challenge of a major championship. He said, you know, majors should be tough. There should be a bigger penalty when you miss the rough by or miss the fairway by one or two yards than there is in a regular tournament. So I think he's got the right mindset. It's just a question of whether he can put it all together. But uh, another one of those guys who was sort of trying to figure out those greens, and he's one of the best putters in the game. And if he can't figure out the greens, then <laughs> what does that say for the rest of the guys? And to your point, Bob, uh, to your point of what he told you about ball striking, uh, every uh, ball striking strokes gain, the top four or five strokes gain categories for ball striking from day one to day two, he went down in every category, you say. So right. you know what? Picks up the ball striking again. He's a good enough putter, and, and at one under par, not going to be a problem. Fairways hit. This is funny. Again, we're talking usually when you talk about guys putting the golf ball in the fairway and, and doing well, you're looking at 70% or higher for a good week of driving accuracy. Uh, in some cases, 65% on some tough driving golf courses. This week, if you're hitting anything over 50%, you're in one of the leaders in terms of fairways hit. He's hitting 53.57 fairways in terms of driving accuracy. And that that's, again, it's if you're over 50%, that's a good number this week. Yeah. These are not uh, easy uh, surfaces, uh, fairways to hit. They're subtle dog legs. So weird. That's the thing. It's not really the sharp dog leg. And with the tall trees, like... It's tough to hit it over and cut them. It's more like these gradual kind of bends that go around. And so, yeah, really, it's really tough to try and get any distance out there and stop from going through on the other side. Tiger Woods at even par. Mackenzie Hughes at one over. He is the next low Canadian. Let's take a look, uh, Bob, at some of the uh, big names that are going home. Ricky Fowler, we're going to get into that in Winner's Weird and What. That leaps out of the page. Mark Leishman, uh, a, a, gol a golf course he should do well on as well. Going to miss the cut at two over par. Zach Johnson, 66-76. We're going to get into this as well in Winner's Weird and What, but Rod, tell, tell, tell us your Rod Pampling. <laughs> Rod Pampling, the, one of the first British Opens I went to cover. Rod Pampling led after the first round with a stellar round. I think he shot like... I'll have to look it up. It was in the 60s. And the next day, I think he shot 80 and missed the cut by one. <laughs> so it's a, there's, there's a few guys in that group, you know, who uh, we know them. By the way, not only did Zach Johnson miss the cut, but Zach Johnson also missed the cut. Did you see that? At one point <laughs> in this tournament, Zach Johnson, the Zach Johnson, <laughs> yeah. open champion Zach Johnson, was leading this golf tournament at one point on Thursday. And while that was happening... Zach J. Johnson. J. Johnson, who is a member of the PGA of America, uh, was uh, struggling uh, with an 82. He was dead last. It he was, was dead first last. That <laughs> was they dead had last. Both covered. That's right. I was wishing there was a parlay on DraftKings this week for low Zach Johnson. I think that would have been a good. Oh, I bet. think. Yeah. I wonder what. I don't think you would have got much on that no. one, Bob. <laughs> uh, unfortunate for Nick Taylor, 76, 73. I really thought Nick would have a good week. He's already had great momentum, obviously, this year on the West Coast. Corey Connor, 69. I was surprised at that, Corey. He told me the start of the week that he just loved the golf course. He was feeling really good about his game. His first round wasn't all that bad, and he just kind of fell apart down the stretch. He's having a very un-Corey Connors-like 
uh, stretch here right now. And, and what doesn't, and again, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but what doesn't make sense to me, to your point, Bob, is he shoots, he, you know, he opens with that 69, looks great, looks like he's going to have a strong weekend. We've already, uh, we've already detailed how hard it is to put the golf ball in the fairway on this golf course. 68% of his fairways he hit over two days, and he's going home. Mm, wow. You compare that to the leaders that are hitting 50%. Yeah. Some of our leaders are in the fairway 35% of the time. He's hit 68%. He's going home. Makes well, no he sense. can. He can. Um, he he's can putting take, with take, a live snake. Take, right take, satisfa- <laughs> take satisfaction with the fact that his Leafs won last night. That's it. That's what I'm Him doing. and Mac. I'm but, taking satisfaction. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Negative strokes game putting both days, 126 in putting. Yeah, well, that's And that will do it right there. Okay. On the other side, Bob, we had a poll question. We're going to take a little time out here for the PGA Championship. We'll pick up PGA Championship on the other side with uh, other, uh, sorry, Hour 2 with Stardom Sidham. Winner's weird and what? We're going to have Ralph Bauer join us, and we'll have lots of PGA talk. Uh, But coming up on the other side, earlier uh, in the week, you and I were talking about the uh, Premier Golf League and how the rumors started again last week about players getting offer sheets, et cetera. Uh, And I said, I don't care. I'm not interested. And you're kind of not interested either. But I was curious. What do our listeners and what do our viewers think? So we put out a Twitter poll question, which we're going to do every Wednesday now on Golf Talk Canada Television. Uh, we'll put out a Twitter uh, poll question, and we'll talk about it on uh, Golf Talk Canada Radio on Saturdays, and we put it out to our uh, Golf Talk Canada universe. Do you care about the Premier Golf League? We'll take a look at what they said coming up on the other side, and we'll give away a set of TaylorMade P790 irons and wow. a commemorative TaylorMade golf bag on 20 Weeks of TaylorMade. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada as we wrap up hour one of a PGA Saturday at TPC Harding Park. Zakino Week. Scully will be around an hour or two to do Stardom Sinem, Winners Weird and What. We got Ralph Bauer coming up, PGA Tour swing coach, Adam Hadwin swing coach. He's going to join us at the top of hour two. We've got a jam packed hour two for you. 20 weeks of TaylorMade continues throughout the summer here on Golf Talk Canada. The grand prize will be full set of TaylorMade Golf Club's custom fit, top to bottom, tour experience. We're going to give that away Saturday of the U.S. Open in September. Of course, TSN, CTV, your home for major championship golf, including the uh, U.S. Open, and that will conclude 20 weeks of TaylorMade. There is still time to get in, though. You must follow us. I got, got beat up on Twitter last week, Bob, after the show, saying I never told people how to... Enter 20 weeks of TaylorMade. I, I see it really? every week. Do I, I think not? you do. I, it just runs over me because you say it all, all the time. That's right. It, but it's very easy. And I, I think it's kind of funny if they're responding to you on Twitter. Probably they're already entered. They they're already here. They don't right? even know. Right. That's exactly. So uh, you follow us at Golf Talk Canada. Follow us at Golf Talk Canada on Twitter and Instagram. 
and you're in the draw each week. And if you already follow us, you're already in. You You have a ticket. You have a ticket. You have a chance to win the grand prize at the end of the year, and you have a chance to win weekly prize. Now, this week, really cool weekly prize. Uh, P790 irons from TaylorMade, which are just absolutely beauties. Uh, Everybody I know who's got them just loves them. Super long. Uh, beauties with uh, the beauty meets the beast, right? They just <laughs> these things go forever. But uh, our friends at TaylorMade, last minute, uh, gave us this gorgeous commemorative San Francisco uh, Giants uh, PGA Championship staff bag. It's the orange and black and white bag. I don't know if you've seen Team TaylorMade yes. with them. Yeah, they're cool. The ins- Are you a baseball fan? Oh yeah, yeah. So the inside pockets are all baseball cards from so famous cool. uh, Giants players over the years and okay. Hall of Famers. And what about this, the 49ers? You're well, 49ers, if they were, I should say. I'll tell you right now, if that was a commemorative 49ers bag, we weren't giving it away. The winner this week is, is Mark Zucchino. <laughs> I was going to say, if it was a 49ers bag, uh, for sure, that'd be this guy's. But it is a beautiful San Francisco Giants bag uh, with a 790 irons, and our winner is Mark Laverdiere. Mark Laverdiere. I don't know where Mark is from. We, I I've, believe he is from Mississauga. But congratulations, Mark. You are our winner, and thank you for following us. And uh, next week, I'll find out from Adam in hour two what next week's prize is for 20 weeks of TaylorMade. But all Mark did was follow us on social media at Golf Talk Canada. Okay, Bob, Twitter poll question, because I went, I don't care about the PGL. I don't care about the Premier Golf League. I don't want a bunch of aging pros going for another ATM machine in some golf fantasy golf league with teams I don't care about. Backed by Saudi money to begin with. That's a whole other political. I don't have an hour to talk about that. Uh, and you don't really care either, correct? Yeah, I just don't see it getting off the ground. And, I, and again, it's like this weird format where it's all team golf and stuff. I, I think back, I'm old enough to remember World Team Tennis. And they had tried this in tennis where they had teams and it, it fell flat. So I, don't, I just don't. Maybe it'll work, but it doesn't entice me right now. You know, it doesn't entice me at all. Again, because when thing when some things are ju- when it's just about the money, gr- big pots can be great, like fifteen million this year for the FedEx Cup, awesome. But if it was just about the money, if things are just about the money, which was the big knock against the F- FedEx Cup when it first started, sure, right? And now exactly. it's turned into something that the players care about. And, and players' we, championship was the same way. Same way. While, it right? takes time, right? But this to me truly feels about nothing but players out of their prime. Looking for a quick buck is what I think this PGL would turn into. Like, I'm hearing, I like Henrik Stenson, great guy, great player, certainly not in the prime of his career. Phil Mickelson, I hear his name thrown around. I'm a huge lefty fan. Who doesn't love, you know, I love Phil Mickelson, 50 years old. <laughs> Him playing in the PGL is going to do nothing for his legacy. Remember, remember the World Hockey Association, the WHA? Yeah, the Toronto Toros. Right. Okay. So the only reason they got kind of got some credibility was they were able to sign Bobby Hull. So let's say the Premier Golf League signs Tiger Woods or signs Rory McIlroy. Does that change things? Maybe if you sign Rory McIlroy. Not even Tiger at this point. I mean, he said Rory said he doesn't want any part no. of it. But like if you sign. So, like a top 10 player in the world, top five player in the world, but top 10, who is in their prime, you know, 25, 30, 35 years old, maybe I go, okay, maybe what's going on here? I don't think enough's going to happen. Our Twitter audience agrees with you and I. <laughs> Perfect. Our social media audience says 80% of them, and this was a very simple question, do you have any interest in the Premier Golf League? There was no color in this question. That was just very simple. Yes or no. 80% nada. Don't care. Don't want it, Bob. 
I'm worried about the 20% who do want it, to be perfectly honest, but there you go. Like, apparently, there's not enough golf for them. So. Uh, well, we'll see. And on Wednesday, Golf Talk Canada, this Wednesday, 60-minute uh, uh, PGA Championship recap show, as well as we'll preview the Wyndham Championship, and also some big President's Cup announcements coming maybe this week as well, which we'll jump into this week on our uh, weekly Golf Talk Canada TV show. But we'll also throw out another Twitter poll question, so stay tuned for that one. All right, Bob. On the other side, Ralph Bauer. Going to be curious to see his thoughts on the Thursday-Friday differences, not just on Adam Hadwin, but just what the what the golf course gave us. Ralph Ralph has been uh, offering me help with my golf game, which I need badly. Oh, I gotta, I'm going to grind he, uh, him on, on I this I did one. Send, send him a little video. We've been trying to get together. We can't do it. And now he's leaving next week to go for eight weeks. In the U.S., he's so, going to go. So he's going to do full I, playoffs. I feel that's very selfish of him, and because my game is now going to go completely downhill. This is just. This is not what. Uh, this is not what you need, Bob. <laughs> no, you need, exactly. We need. You need a guy. You need a head guy. <laughs> no. You need guys in lab coats with, <laughs> with, with boards. Going. I need a little infusion. Yeah, and, uh, all yeah, sorts of stuff to save my game. Yeah, right it'll now. just hook you up to a bunch of machines. We'll figure out that. <laughs> that's a joke. I never, Bob. Down, just what? Do you even hit tee balls anymore? Or do you just walk them in no. place and with those little draws down the middle? You <laughs> no, waste everybody's time in the group. You saw me last week. It was nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On the other side, stardom, sit em. Winners, weird, and what? Deeper into the PGA Championship, Ralph Bauer, swing coach, PGA Tour, including Adam Hadwin, swing coach, will kick it off on the other side. Hour two of Golf Talk Canada. If you're listening to us on the TSN radio network and your market only gets one hour of TS of Golf Talk Canada, why haven't you yelled at your program director? Also, iHeartRadio app, you can pick us up online at tsn.ca for all two hours, or of course, watch us. On TSN2 as we broadcast Golf Talk Canada Radio every Saturday on the TSN Television Network. On the other side, Ralph Bauer. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. The smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back, Golf Talk Canada, Hour 2, TSN Radio Network, iHeartRadio app, TSN Television, TSN 2 on a PGA Championship moving day. And I expect a lot of shakeup today. Bob Hotang Lee atop this leaderboard. He does have two wins on the European Tour. He won in Dubai in 2018, so it's not like he hasn't one events or been able to close out deals, but this is a stage uh, and a type of golf that maybe he does not just really doesn't have a, a huge level experience on. He did pick up some experience though that uh, back at the President's Cup that uh, Trevor Immelman was speaking to uh, a couple days ago on the broadcast. So it's not like he hasn't seen the stage before, but 
He's, this is different. He's a different caddy. He showed up without his caddy at the President's Cup, and then remember, uh, that's right. He was supposed to. He was not supposed to hit driver off the first hole, and he did. And then he, remember, he played out a turn, and he was kind of out of his element. <laughs> it seemed a little bit. And my favorite uh, Hao Tong Lee story is the one where he was playing on the European Tour, and he got frustrated with his putter and broke it and threw it in the water, and his mother thought it, he hadn't broken it and said, "Oh my gosh, that's an expensive club," and she went into the pond. And pick the putter out. Did you ever, no, ever see that? No, I never saw. Oh, I'm going to show you that at the break. It's oh my, are you joking? Terrell Hatton, I thought was going to wet his pants. He was laughing so hard. Oh my, that is funny. <laughs> All right, well, he is your leader, but he's got a lot of big chasers. The low Canadian is at one under par. Adam Hadwin, after a round of uh, 68 on Thursday, followed up with a 71. And uh, Adam Hadwin's coach, a uh, friend of our show. Um, a friend of Golf Talk Canada and uh, one of uh, the PGA Tour's premier uh, swing coaches joins us now. Ralph Bauer uh, joining us here at Golf Talk Canada. Ralph, thanks so much for taking the time to do this with uh, uh, Bob and I on a PGA Championship Saturday morning. How are you, sir? Very well, thank you. Ralph, uh, just some general impressions so far of what you've seen in this PGA Championship course setup. Uh, are you surprised at how hard it is to keep the ball in the fairway at TPC Harding Park? And also, to Bob's point earlier uh, at the top of today's show, just how subtle reading these greens are. It, the, these are not greens that you get comfortable on early. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I have to admit I'm a little biased. That's one of my favorite golf courses. I was lucky enough to play it. Uh, a few years ago, and, you know, just an outstanding golf course. So much character. I don't know if you remember, but, like, it, it is a public golf course, right? And they, they, it's one of the first places in the United States to have a first-team uh, program. And, uh, you know, Ken Venturi grew up playing there. It just got a lot of history, a lot of great – it's just, you know, those those older golf courses, it's hard to replicate them because they're just so good, right? But uh, just a beautiful golf course. And, you know, it's, it's fun to watch, you know, with with the trees and – you know, around Lake Merced, and, and just a, an awesome, you know, venue for sure. What uh, What do you think about your uh, number one pupil there? Well, I don't want to say number one, but the one number one Canadian pupil. Let's put it that way. In terms of of what you've seen from Adam so far, and and f- to sort of follow on that, how do you work with him? Uh, remotely right now. I know you spent a big, long stretch down in the States following along when the when the restart came, but but what did you see from Adam, and how are you working with him when you're not down there with him? Yeah, he he looks really really good. Um, you know, he we, we traded some videos back and forth earlier in the week, right? And uh, you know, for for Adam, one of the keys for Adam is is he's comfortable on any golf course if he's got both of his you know if he's got his fade and his draw working, right? Which like and uh, you know he's a player that likes to work the ball both ways. Which this is a golf course where you do need to, you know, there's there's holes where you know Douglas right and Douglas left where you where you do need to fade and draw the ball, right? So, you know, it he's he's pretty happy that he's got both of his shots back. Uh, Ralph, I was, I was lucky enough to play this golf course as well about three years ago. I was working Pebble Beach for PGA Tour Radio, and we went into San Francisco early and played some golf because it's such a great part of America to play golf, just a little pocket of golf courses. But as I left TPC Hardy Park, and as now I've watched 36 holes of it, I'm having a hard time putting my finger on you know, what you need to do well in terms of playing well there. And, and, and I, I say that statement with, obviously, you win a major championship, you've got to do everything well. But, you know, at a U.S. Open at Wingfoot later on in September, I know I can go, okay, the guy who maybe drives it the best and keeps it in the fairway is going to win there. Or at Augusta, the guy who takes care of the par fives and putts the best. 
how do you define that? What needs what when the guy holds a trophy Sunday night, he'll do what better than anybody else in this field, in your opinion? I mean, that, that's a good question. I think the PGA historically has tried to set their, their golf courses up uh, to favor an all like a well-rounded golf game, which you know, where like you said, the U.S. Open places historically play such a premium on driving. You know, Augusta plays such a premium on power now. You know, the British Open, obviously, on, on you know, shot making and controlling, you know, your, your golf ball around the weather. I, I feel like the PGA has always done a very good job of setting their golf courses up to just identify the person that's playing well that, that week. And, and it, this looks like the case again. I will say the rough looks pretty spotty in the in fact that you can get a good, great lie or a bad lie, you know, three feet away from each other. So, I mean, like like any sport there, there is some luck. I mean, you play hockey, you hit the post, it goes in, you're, you're a hero. If it goes out, you're, you're the GOAT. But, uh, you know, there, there's a little bit of that involved as well. It looks like a this facility for sure. But I just think it's, a, well, whoever plays, you know, plays the best golf is going to win, right? So, uh, you know, I think it's a great venue. It's going to be fun to watch for sure. We see uh, Hao Tong Lee at the top of the leaderboard, Ralph, and, and um, the Chinese golf program seems to be just on fire when I see more and more and more uh, players from China on different tours, not just the PGA Tour, but the European Tour and, and other tours around. What do you know about that program, and is it really benefited from the fact that golf is an Olympic sport? It, it has. I, I actually did some work for the uh, Chinese National Junior Program a, a few years back when, when they were trying to maybe identify uh, places in the United States to, to travel to and, and train for, for their elite players. But there definitely was an emphasis on the fact that it's an Olympic sport now. And, I mean, Hao Tung Lee almost won the British Open. I remember that a few years ago. Yeah, Burkdale. Yeah, Burkdale. I mean, it might have been one of the most, you know, it might have been a total game changer. If, if he had if he, if he'd win a major, I would think the publicity he would get in China would, would you know, go through the roof. Um, you know, as you know about Chinese Olympic athletes, they're used to winning medals, right? And... I don't think it excites him much if Hao Tung Lee's ranked 70th in the world, but if he could win a major, I think that would, you know, change the face of the game in China for sure, which, you know, would, would, would be, you know, incredible for, for the sport overall. We're with Ralph Bauer, of course, PGA Tour swing coach, Adam Hadwin swing coach. You can follow him on Twitter at Canadian Golf Coach. That's CDN Golf Coach. Uh, also doing online lessons as well. Now, Ralph, that's going to lead into my next question question doing things electronically you know Kepka was speaking earlier in the week that um, it wasn't until he got face to face with his team that he really started to see some improvement uh, the reason being from Kepka's side of, uh, of this of this uh, scenario of online instruction was uh, they couldn't really see his ball flight. They were seeing video of the swing, and they were, you know, it was his description of things on what they were going with. How much harder is it to do it online versus in person and when you don't see the ball flight with your own eyes? And I guess what I'm asking you is the player really needs to be your eyes uh, when it comes to ball flight. Yeah, I, I, I feel like if it's remote, and Bob asked a question I didn't really answer, but, you know, with, with Adam, like we, we've, been, we've been sending videos back and forth, and, and I, I, I feel like. If, if it's, you know, if it is definitely easier if you're in person, if, if it's, you know, online or, or with videos back and forth, it, it needs to be more of a collaborative, you know, effort where the player needs to, you know, be a little bit more descriptive of, of what, what, what they're feeling and what the ball's doing. And, and, and not only what the ball's doing, but maybe what they're afraid of, which, which is important as well. Like, you know, people are maybe afraid of hitting it left or afraid of, you know, hitting the ball too high, you know, or whatever they're, they're 
they're, they're struggling with. Like, our good shots are always good. You know, you want to see what, what people are struggling with, which is easier live. But I, I found personally that, like, FaceTiming, I had a session with, you know, a, a player at the PGA this week, and, you know, we did a FaceTime session Tuesday. You know, we were working on a flighted uh, draw shot with his mid-irons. And, you know, we had a FaceTime session, and, you know, it worked out great. So I find those are better because you can see a number of shots in a row and, you know, communicate instantly as opposed to just trading some videos back and forth, which isn't always as, as helpful because it's just a single snapshot. What about for guys who have 11 handicaps and uh, are struggling right now? What do you think about, about <laughs> helping those guys out? <laughs> uh, I think, uh, you know, so one of the things I do is I, I you know, I, I like to, most 11 handicaps don't stretch properly, especially if they're, you know, into, into long-distance running. And uh, not being too specific here, Bob, but I do think, you know, if you stretch your, your T-spine out a little bit, uh, you know, you're into your extra hip rotation, you know, we, you, you, that 11 handicap would, would be uh, probably good. People would call it, be called your sandbagger for the next few weeks. But I, I, I do think it's important to, you know, with, with the online stuff, I, I do have a, uh, you know, like a, um, like an online, because like it's important. One of the things in, live, you can see how the bo- person's body's moving. So I do think it's important to see how, you know, what their mobility is like. So I, I like, you know, sending them a test, and if they have time to getting around to it and videotaping it and sending it back to me, then I've got a good idea of, of how their their body's moving, and then we can move forward from there. It is. I mean, in oh, ge- people, I'm just gonna say this by the way. I don't. I don't. I've, I don't think I've ever taught somebody who, without me prodding them, did a, a decent job stretching before they go play. I think that I'm just, I was just kind of joking because, as I mentioned before the break, you have been very kind in, uh, in giving me some, some help. But we haven't been able to, mostly my schedule hasn't uh, jived with your schedule, but to just do an in-person thing. But, but there is a necessity now in the era that we're in for teachers to be able to, to, to teach remotely, right? I mean, this is, this is going to be not necessarily the entire future, but it's going to be a part of it. Yeah, you know, and it's just a lot easier to get people's schedules together. Also, people want instant feedback, you know, on everything that we're doing now. I just don't think people like booking lessons a week out and waiting till then to find out what's wrong with their golf game, right? I think people want instant feedback. They want, you know, kind of 24-7 access to information, and, and uh, which is great. And I know I've had a great time. Uh, with my online lessons, and I feel like it's been quite successful. I'm, I'm kind of measuring that by the feedback I'm getting from the players in terms of you know their handicaps coming down and and their scores coming down, which is which has been great. Um, I know Bob, we've talked about this a few times, but th- there's a, a mix there of, of how to do it and uh, you know accurate or you know effectively, and it's been a lot of fun for people. Well, Ralph, I just want to say thank you so much for not being selfish this morning and, and giving us your time. Unlike how selfish you're being by going to America for eight weeks and working with PGA <laughs> Tour players and leaving Bob on his own for eight weeks. Here. <laughs> yeah. All joking aside, Ralph, uh, safe travels. I'm, I will see you in Boston uh, to kick off the FedEx Cup playoffs in a couple of weeks. So I'll, I'll make sure to come say hello. And thanks so much for joining us this morning here at, on Golf Talk Canada. Okay, gentlemen, enjoy the rest of your day. Ralph Bauer, uh, Canadian uh, golf coach, uh, at Canadian Golf Coach on Twitter, of course, PGA Tour coach, including Adam Hadwin. All right, on the other side, we're going to welcome in Adam Scully. It's stardom sit'em for you fantasy players. We'll let you know who we like and why, who we're putting on the bench. This is Golf Talk Canada. 
This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, Zacchino Weeks, PGA Championship Saturday. And now it is time to welcome in master producer himself, Mr. Adam Scully. It is stardom sit If you like to lay a little action on the golf or play a little fantasy, we like to do stardom sit Now, we did it during the week. So, Adam, uh, two things we got to uh, remind you of here. First of all, you owe me... A bag of chips and a hot dog from last Saturday because I started Kepka against your Reevy. You were sitting Kepka, and uh, I believe uh, Kepka finished ahead of Reevy, so you owe me a hot dog and a bag of chips. Who did we start on Golf Talk Canada this week? I think I believe I started Colin Morikawa as my pick. He's at two under par. Do we recall? Uh, your yep. stardom and Bob stardom on uh, Wednesday? Yeah, so Bob actually started Dustin Johnson and sat Adam Scott. I started Tony Finau and sat Jordan Spieth. And, uh, Mark, you started Colin Morikawa and sat Bubba Watson. So our picks so far, they're pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good? I, yeah, we're actually uh, across the board doing quite well. No one had Han Tong Lee, you're sure? Can't confirm. No one picked. I swore I saw Bob. I saw Bob's tweet. I thought Wednesday night, <laughs> saying he went to the bank, took out a no. little line of credit, <laughs> no mortgage the house. No one on no. Hautong Lee. Okay, no. okay. No. All right, Skulls. Well, let's start now. So the weekend. Those were our picks before the tournament start to win. What we like to do on Golf Talk Canada here on Saturdays is let you know not necessarily who's going to win the golf tournament, but who do we see going forward with positive yardage this weekend, and who do we think is going to go. In the wrong direction on leaderboard. Let's start with the cup half full, Adam. Who are you starting and why? Okay, well, last week I sat Brooks Kepka. You started him. This week I am starting Brooks Kepka. A big reason for that, the driver that's in his bag. He has the tailor-made M5 back in the bag. Yes, he won two majors with that. Um, and as well, he, I mean, he's only hit 50% of his fairways this um, during the week. That's but, a big number on this golf course. Yes, though. exactly. 50% is actually not too bad, given how all the other leaders are currently teeing it up. But he is currently sixth in greens and regulation. Uh, his putting strokes looking a lot better, I think. And, you know, as we mentioned on Golf Talk Canada Television this week, he's done a lot of work with his coaches on his putting stroke. The stroke looks so much better. And if the conditions continue to get a little tougher, I think that's where Kepka's mental game really comes out ahead. Let's hope his body can stay together. He was stretched a couple times during Friday's second round, but that's who I'm starting, Brooks Kepka. Bob, how about you? Who are you starting this week? Uh, I'm going way out in a limb and taking Tommy Fleetwood. <laughs> <laughs> Bob's not buying so into you. Can't follow yeah, up a low round a with great. a low round. Yeah, 64 yesterday, but what I like about Tommy Fleetwood is he plays 
hard golf course as well. And you look at his year last year, uh, the 2018-19 calendar, and you look where his top finishes are. Tied for seventh, World Golf Championship event. Uh, tied for third, Arnold Palmer, one of the toughest cor- courses out there. Tied for fifth at the Players' Championship. He had that uh, unfortunate final round 74 at the Open Championship to finish second at uh, Royal Port Rush, And then again at FedEx, St. Jude, tied for fourth. He is, uh, I just like the way he plays difficult golf courses, and I suspect this is going to play perhaps not 100% like a U.S. Open golf course, but as we get closer, you see those purple greens. Uh, I think it's going to be like one of those courses where the, it's, it's like the, the last man standing, and I think Tommy Fleetwood's going to play well. You know, I, I don't argue with either one of your picks. I love both of your picks. I, I think both of them are going to be there late on Sunday with an opportunity to Adam's point. If we're trying to discuss who's got the strength between the ears, it's hard not to argue that Kepka over the last three years has not been the strongest mentally in the game of golf. And to your point, Bob, uh, a guy who loves it hard, who loves those venues where you got to chip away and it punches back, Tommy Fleetwood has proven that he can play those golf courses well. I'm starting Jason Day. I'm going to dive further into statistically why I would start Jason Day as opposed to it's not the the untangible, so to speak, that you can't chart. With me, these are things you can simply chart. With Jason Day, over the last three or four years, the narrative is quite simple. He has struggled with the irons, Jason Day. He has gone through many different iron changes within the TaylorMade family, 750s to 760s, back to blades, back to 760s. Um, his iron play was suspect. Uh, he has always been one of the greatest putters in the world for the last five, six, seven years. Jason Day, from that six, seven, eight, nine foot range, I mean, this guy made everything he had to, especially when he was winning back in the days at Wells Fargo, whistling straights, etc. This week, guys, Jason Day approached to green. He is first in strokes gain, approach to green. He is the best with the irons, approach to green this week. He is first. Strokes gain putting this week, 52nd. He was negative strokes gain putting in round two. So if his putter wakes up at all, Jason Day, and he continues to hit his irons like that, you got to think Jason Day is going to have a very good chance to win this golf tournament because Jason Day is currently in second place, two off the lead, and his, and his best club is not behaving. Okay, Adam, who are you sitting Okay, Mark, I really like that pick for Jason Day. Of course, he has eight top 25 career finishes as well at the PGA Championship. Look for him to have a good weekend. I am sitting Hao Tong Lee. Yes, I am sitting the leader. He had probably the longest range session we've ever seen. That wasn't showing at all on the broadcast on Friday. He's up there for, what, five or six hours just grinding away at his game. He hasn't really played much golf during the restart. A miscut at the Memorial. He was third last last week at the WGC event. Uh, He did gain nearly three strokes on the field in putting alone on Friday. I just don't see that continuing onto the weekend. How much energy is this guy going to have left spending that much time on the driving range? I am sitting (laughs) Hao Tong Lee. Not sure how he's going to go out and play this weekend. I just don't think he has it in the cards for his first career major. Bob, who are you sitting? (laughs) I was talking to Hadwin last night. Sorry, I got to bring this up. (laughs) Yeah, He didn't didn't realize uh, what Hao Tong Lee was doing. He says, you know what? He finished before me. I've had lunch. I've had a workout, and I've had like a two-hour nap. And he's still there. Still there. <laughs> said, Watch two periods right of the game. I'm just not that dedicated. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm also going way out on a limb here again and picking uh, Mike Lorenzo Vera as my guy to uh, to sit. Uh, this is the Frenchman who is a uh, real good character, which we'll get into in Winners Weird and What. Uh, but the last time Mike Lorenzo Vera won a golf tournament, 
was 2007 <laughs> on the Challenge wow. Tour at the European Tours version of the Corn Ferry Tour. I like him. I think he's fun. Uh, he's apparently one of the most popular guys on the Euro Tour, but I just don't see him staying up at the top of the leaderboard. I'm sorry. I think he's kind of uh, in a different class. I hope he does because he's great, great, great for the game. Yeah. But I'm not expecting him to to hold it together for 36 holes. Uh, I'm also going to go Euro with my sit, and I'm going to sit Justin Rose, guys. Uh, Justin Rose, 35% of his fairways. We know the number's low here. We've talked all morning about how 50% is a good number. And if you can hit half your fairways this week, that's good. 35 that's not good enough. In my opinion, sooner or later, missing that many fairways is going to bite you. He's only hitting 63% of his greens, barely putting the ball in the short grass. I can't believe I'm going to say this. Justin Rose right now is living and dying with his putter. <laughs> what have you ever said Justin Rose is living and dying with his putter? I think eventually the ball striking is going to catch up with Rose. I'm going to put Rosie on the pines for the weekend. All right, guys, that was fun. Let's mm-hmm. see. Uh, we go in double or nothing. Uh, Kepka against uh, JD on the uh, hot dog and a bag of chips, Skulls? Yeah, I like that. Or maybe we'll uh, maybe add a protein shake like Bryson likes. Maybe seven protein shakes. All what right. do you think? All right. All right. We'll throw in at least one protein, protein shake on the double or nothing from last week. <laughs> on the other side, speaking of protein shakes, it's going to make an appearance in Winners Weird and What. It's 3-Dub coming up next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to GTC. Zucchino, Weeks, Scully, as we get set. Final 36 of the year's first major. It's been 13 months since we handed out a major trophy in the world of golf. It's, we're about to kick off a very busy part of the season. 36 to go. Who will host that championship trophy Sunday night at the PGA? Now it's time for winners, weird and what, the good, the bad, the ugly in the world of golf. Three dub. Adam, the tea is yours. Yeah, well, I, I had the coffee. I got to activate the calves, and I got to step on one here. <laughs> Come on, baby. That's what I'm going to do today. Hit bombs and attack the pin. Okay, gentlemen, before I kick off my three-dub, I want to make a correction. Brooks Kepka actually has the Sim driver in the bag this week, not the M5. As I said that, I actually got a text from Brennan Little, who's Gary <laughs> Woodland's caddy, who said he's using the Sim driver. They played together for the first two rounds. Butchie, thanks for the text. Okay, hold on, hold on. I'm going to – hold on. Uh... Because I saw M5 in his hand yesterday off the tee with his driver. And maybe he's carrying two drivers. Maybe I don't know. he's playing both because I could have <laughs> swore I saw M5. It's a tailor-made product. We can't confirm he, he that. Is, he is using tailor And I have an article in front of me talking about his M5 driver back in the bag as well. So I don't know what's going on here. So. 
Regardless, like, Brooks Kepka is using right. a tailor-made driver, right. and he is in the mix here at the PJ Championship. Right. My winner as well is Brooks Kepka and as well John Rahm. They were trolling Bryson DeChambeau's diet. So ESPN Plus and CBS, they've been doing the coverage as well, TSN here for the PGA Championship. They did a little vignette on what players like to eat on the golf course before breakfast, afterwards sort of thing. And guys are saying peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, the odd banana here or there. And it went to Brooks Kepka and he said, oh, you know, six eggs, five pieces of bacon, sausage. <laughs> and then he just started cracking up laughing and said, please use this bit. Pretty funny from, from Brooks Kepka and John Rahm basically said that Bryson's DeChambe- Bryson DeChambeau's diet is nonsense. He doesn't believe it. Uh, Bob, if you tried to have Bryson DeChambeau's breakfast or diet for a day, what do you think would happen to you with your running regimen? I would go from uh, being a marathon runner to uh, being a 1K runner, I think. I you know who think... can do uh, DeChambeau's diet? Mrs. Golf Talk Canada has that. <laughs> really? oh, yeah. She's tiny. She's 100 pounds soaking wet. She can uh, basically eat 10,000 calories a day and, and nothing happens. Um, I it's, yeah, hate it's people like that. Wild. If I didn't love her, I'd hate her. <laughs> totally wild, but uh, good for Kepka and Rob having some fun uh, with that for sure. My weird this week, how about the pairing Brendan Todd was given for the first two rounds? Playing with uh, Jordan Caron and Doc Redman. The guys won twice in the PGA Tour. He's one of the last tee times on Thursday. We were watching him late, about 10, 15 p.m. Eastern time. He finished his first round, tying for the the 18-hole uh, lead. How was a guy like Brendan Todd given that crummy of a tee time, Mark? What do you think? Well, I think Rodney Dangerfield, Bob, said it best. No? Yeah. I get no respect out of him. I get no <laughs> respect. I don't know, man. It's an interesting one. Two-time winner. He should have three or four wins. He's had multiple yeah. times to strike this part of the season. Yeah. Never mind those two early wins. Here he is again at five under par. We haven't mentioned his name on this broadcast. He's five under par. He's a two-time winner, three off the lead. Maybe, you know, maybe this is the week he earns everyone's respect, Adam. Yeah, 100% agree. He's fun to watch and hits a ton of fairways. Okay, my what this week. We spoke about this a little in hour one. Ricky Fowler, what (laughs) are you doing? He's four under for the day. He's having a great day. Looks like he's going to comfortably make the cut. He's got an eight-foot putt on his 15th hole, the sixth hole. It slows, it it, uh, lips out in slow motion. He's sort of talking to his caddy like, oh, I thought it was going to go in, hit a little poana, went left. And then he nonchalantly goes and essentially chunks the tap in, leaves it short. I know it's wild to, to think that professional golfers can do this, but they're human too. Bob, I know you've had some crazy stories in your club championship, but have you ever chunked a putt and left it short from six inches? You know, I haven't chunked a putt, but I was covering a Champions Tour event once down in uh, Windsor, Essex, and um, gosh, I can't remember the guy's name. He was en route to shoot a 59, <laughs> and he had on the 17th hole, he left his putt short, and literally it was like a two-inch putt, and he whiffed on it. He went right over the top of it, <laughs> and he denied that he was trying to hit it. He said he was just joking around, and there was a Ooh. big foo-for-ar about it afterwards and everything. Anyway, I think he ended up shooting 61, but uh, it's amazing how many times that that happens where a guy will either chunk it or will whiff it. It's bizarre that that happened for Ricky Fowler, and he missed the cut. Now his streak of 14 consecutive cuts made at major championships down the drain for Ricky Fowler. Okay, Mark, the tee is now yours. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Well, the truth is, before I get to my winner, that mustache on Ricky Fowler, if he was starring in a 70s adult movie, they'd say, please take that off. It's disturbing. Okay, that's how bad that upper lip looks for Ricky Fowler. I'd say, please take that little string of dirt off, whatever that is. uh, Too bad for Ricky to miss the cut. All right, my winner this week, 
Okay, Bryson DeChambeau every week gives us something crazy to talk about. The last few weeks, uh, we've been crapping on him for, you know, uh, rules, situations, <laughs> fire ants, etc. Well, this week he's my winner because, like, how perfect was it on Thursday when his driver snapped? Yeah. <laughs> like, this is a guy who looks like the Incredible Hulk, Hulk who is swinging at it like a lunatic. He looks like uh, Happy Gilmore going at it with the left foot spinning out. And he's, I mean, like, it's absolutely ridiculous to be going at everything at 120%. It goes against everything every professional golfer on the planet will tell you. How many of these guys, most of these guys, how often do you swing your hardest? And they'll say, once in four days, maybe, and that's probably not even my hardest. Most of them, they're swinging at like 80%. Not, not Bryson, 120%. When that driver snapped, Bob, it was perfect. The look on Adam Scott's face when he was staring down at the broken—it was just like it, it's become—it's become a, a comedy. The only thing more unusual than Bry- Bryson's driver snapping is that it hasn't happened sooner. That's like, right. right? I mean, the way he swings at it, you would have thought this would have happened like regularly. Oh, okay. My weird this week. And this is a good weird. It's like it's what I want from Kepka because I'm one of the first guys to go. I'm sick of Kep- the Kepka quotes. I don't care about golf. I don't practice. It's just golf. If you see me on TV, it means I'm golfing. Like there's a, there's been in the last two three years some in my mind some disrespectful quotes to the game. In my opinion, I'd rather play baseball. Was another one. This week an article broke. Kepka. Uh, working at uh, the Medalist Club in Florida, which is his home club, uh, working with Claude Har- Harmon, uh, which was his coach, his coach Claude, Claude Harmon. He got so frustrated on the range, he threw his golf club 70 yards. <laughs> Almost broke several clubs. This is the passion, though, and this is the honesty I want to see. I don't want to hear the guy pretending he doesn't care, pretending he'd rather play baseball, disrespecting the game, suggesting he doesn't put in the effort. I want to hear this guy. He worked so hard and put in so many hours until he got it right because he wanted to be a part of the WGC and defend, and he wanted to defend his PGA Championship, that he was throwing a club on at his home course on the range because he was so frustrated from the amount of work he was putting in and, and not getting anything out until he finally... Uh, found something. Adam, why not more honesty? Why is he so afraid to show this side of things, that he does put in the time, that it is important, and enough shtick? It's a good weird, but it's just weird to me that we had to come to this point to get some honesty out of him. You know, I wonder if he's had to put this much time in before, because for you know the last couple of years, he only practices before majors, because he was playing so darn well. But it is good to see the fire coming out of Brooks Kepka when things aren't going well. There was a funny moment a couple of years ago now he was teeing off on his back nine. It was a Thursday morning. His second hole, he snipes a drive way left and cracks the shaft over his knee. The second hole with the driver. What are you doing, Brooks? But it's good to see the fire coming out from Kepka every once in a while. All right. And my what this week? We talked about Zach Johnson leading and then this and then shoots the t- My favorite moment of the week when it comes to what? Are you kidding me? Martin Keimer, 66 to open. A major champion. A player's champion. A Ryder Cupper who sank a winning putt. 66, 82. Wow. It's golf. 66, 82. Nothing else left to say. All right, Bob, T is yours.
So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! <laughs> All right, my uh, my winner this week is Rory McIlroy, not for what he uh, his score, but uh, for, for his values that came to the uh, to the forefront on the third hole yesterday. I don't know if you saw this, mm-hmm. but he hit his shot into some kind of rough, nasty little rough. Couldn't f- a lot of the people that were lo- helping to look for the ball, and they were kind of um, they overshot where they thought it was going to be. Anyway, Jane Crafter, wonderful mm-hmm. announcer. Wonderful lady. Used to be on our radio team. Yeah, I got to uh, work with her a couple of times uh, when we used to do our LPGA broadcasts. Uh, She accidentally stepped on the ball. So she told the officials about it, and as a part of the rules, Rory got to place his ball. So he picked it out and put it back down, and the rules official said, okay, are you satisfied? He says, you know, I'm not really because I don't think this is how good a lie I would have had. If obviously they were walking by here and they couldn't see the ball, then obviously this ball had to be a little bit deeper down. So he actually put the ball in a very pretty poor lie and because he thought that's really where it was. He said he couldn't, <laughs> uh, couldn't sleep uh, with, uh, on it knowing that maybe he yeah. gave himself a, a, an advantage or this or that. Basically the complete opposite of suggesting fire ants are attacking my <laughs> yeah, golf ball. Yeah, he said he wouldn't have been fair to play his ball from a lie that good. So he asked for a worse lie, which he got. And he played his shot. It was a tough one, and it resulted in a bogey. But good for Rory for, uh, for doing that. I'll take the worst lie for 1000 Okay. My weird this week takes there us go, to... Uh, we go. Who's, get, who's getting naked on a golf course in the West Coast? Well, actually, it's on the East Coast. On the East Coast, okay. Gloucester, Massachusetts is the uh, scene of our, uh, of our weird this week. And a, uh, we take it to the Bass Rocks Golf Club. On Tuesday this week, Tuesday afternoon... The Gloucester police were called after they found a man sitting in a yoga position naked on the fourth green. A guy can't downward dog without it being <laughs> a problem? There's no understanding as to why he chose the golf course, <laughs> but a 911 call from the Thatcher Road came at 114 and reported that a man was having a mental episode, and we're not going to make fun of that because uh, obviously the gentleman may have not been uh, feeling the best, but so we're, we're, we're concerned for his well-being. Uh, but luckily, the police escorted the naked yoga man off the golf course, and uh, that's all the story. There was no report as to whether he was charged or not. Adam, you're a yoga guy. You ever uh, do uh, yoga naked on uh, a putting surface at Bayview? No comment. No comment. No. It, it's interesting to f- figure out the why, <laughs> why these naked yoga people always choose golf courses. Yeah, why is it? Why is it always oh. a golf course? Well, weird. you know. I had a mental episode on the fourth hole as well the other day as well, but mine was a putter getting thrown. Yeah. That's a totally different thing. So anyway, I hope the guy's okay. Uh, uh, my what this week is involves uh, Mike Lorenzo uh, Vera, but everyone wants to call him Mike Lorenzo Vegas. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> and so yesterday when he sort of shot up the leaderboard, I said, boy, I don't know who Mike Lorenzo Vera is. I better get some details in case I have to talk about him later. And so I went to the player's guide that they have provided, and this was the description that is in the player's guide for Mike Lorenzo Vera. He is well known for his sharp short game, his quick wit, and his fine mustache. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know what? If, it, if I hadn't been looking at a player's guide, a media guide, and I saw that, I would have thought that was a guy's Twitter description. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tinder, Tinder, Tinder description. Tinder. His Tinder description, because, man, he could, uh, he could probably meet a lot of women with, uh, with that kind of a... But he does have a very fine mustache, I must uh, Mike, admit. I, you're Isn't kidding me. 
Give me that one one more time, Bob. Wait, be that. Hear that. He's known for his sharp, short game. Sharp, his, short game. His quick wit and his fine mustache. His fine mustache. Wouldn't that be good on like a Match.com if, or if something? If you like long walks on the beach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are you kidding me? Oh, my. Oh, my. That's quite a mustache. Oh, my goodness. All right. Uh, Adam, before I let you go, because we'll see you this week for Golf Talk Canada TV, who's winning this thing? Give me a name. Brooks Kapka is winning. History. He's going for the three-peat. His fifth career major championship, three in a row. I'm going Brooks Kepka over Dustin Johnson, the Bash Brothers. Oh! But are they really Bash Brothers anymore? There's another weird Kepka quote out Ooh. earlier this week as well about how he doesn't really have many friends on tour. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But I'm going Kepka over DJ, just like last year's. Oh, my God. Drama. All right, Skulls, we'll see you this week on Sounds TV. Good. On the other side, Bob and I will wrap it up. Leaderboard updates from around the world of golf. Interesting contest from our friends at SmartGolfDeals.com as well. We'll let you in on this is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf, ready for sport. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. There is some other golf happening in the world. Let's get you caught up on leaderboards. Uh, Leaderboards brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club, award-winning championship golf in the scenic Rouge Valley, just minutes from downtown Toronto. Flexible, affordable, memorable. There's never been a better time to join Cedar Bray Golf Club. Visit cedarbraygolf.com for more information. Bob, what is happening on the European Tour? Ah, European Tour is playing the English Championship, and we have a two-way tie right now there in the middle of round three. Brandon Stone, Andy Sullivan, recognizable names, are uh, both at 16 under. Dean Burmester is at 15. Jamie Donaldson, 14. And a couple of, uh, there was one, Aaron Cockrell, there he is. He's at uh, 10 under par. Very good showing, and three under so far on his round today. The LPGA Tour is also in action, and here's a familiar name, Lydia Ko. Would love to see her back in the yeah. winner's circle. She's at 13 under par. She's got a one-shot lead over Jody ewart Shadoff, uh, top Canadian, only Canadian this week. Elena Sharp, she had a great second round. She uh, moved up something like 55 spots. She went 72-67, very much uh, in a good, solid position for a nice payday for Elena. Well done, Elena. The Corn Ferry Tour playing this week. It's their final regular season event on the Corn Ferry Tour. The Winco Foods Portland Open presented by Kraft Heinz and uh, Stephen Elker and Charlie Saxon. They are your leaders at nine under par as they head to the weekend. Big note in this one, Bob. Taylor Penrith playing well again. He's at three under par, tied for 29th at the moment. But by all accounts, Taylor going to have a spot in the U.S. Open at Wingfoot. Yes, top five guys uh, get get those spots. He's lock solid third right now. All right, and of course the big one, 36 holes to go TSN CTV, your place for all championship golf, including the third round of the PGA Championship, which just starts in a couple hours here on TSN. Hotong Lee, your leader, 67 65, he is 8 under par. Good for a two-shot lead over Mike Lorenzo Vera, Brooks Kepka, Justin Rose, Jason Day, Daniel Berger, and Tommy Fleetwood at 6 under. Big names as well. Brendan Todd, who's won twice already this year at 5 under. Dustin 
Dustin Johnson at four under along with Xander Shoffley. Finau at three under. Uh, Adam Hadwin, the low Canadian at the moment, at one under par. Don't forget Bryson and Adam Scott at two under. Bob, it should be a fun final 36. Before I get your final thoughts and who you think's walking out on this, I want to give a quick update. Our friends at SmartGolfDeals.com. This is a great contest that they launched yesterday. Now, it's a very busy time in the golf community. Yes. Rounds are up all over the place, yeah. coast to coast. So it's, it's hard to find deals on golf because courses are busy. They don't need to. They don't need deal. deals. Right. You can still get them at SmartGolfDeals.com. It is still the smartest way to shop for golf. You can still find a bargain on some great golf co- courses at SmartGolfDeals.com. And right now, if you sign up, and signing up is free, all you need to do is register at SmartGolfDeals.com. If you register at SmartGolfDeals.com and refer a friend, it is free. You have a chance of $500 giveaway cash Wow! by August 21st. So sign up. It's free. Refer a friend. SmartGolfDeals.com. They've got some great bargains. It costs nothing. And you and uh, you may be the friend you refer. Someone's going to get a lucky draw, $500. Okay, Bob, a few minutes left. Uh, leaders won't go out till later. I love golf in prime time, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Major nope. championships on the West Coast are awesome. Um, of course, the rest of the way, we are going to be on the Eastern Seaboard for majors as we will be at uh, Wingfoot for the U.S. Open in New York, and we will be at Augusta in November. Oh, is that where the Masters is Yeah, the pumpkin spice. I'll tell you that. I, uh, did I ever tell you the story at one time about the media buyer in a former life who was representing a major golf brand in this country buying media? <laughs> Don't want to hear this. And the lady asked me, uh, first of all, she was very upset at the Masters advertising rates and how they could be so much dramatically higher than the Travelers Championship and wanted to know where it was being played this year. Uh, that is a true story. That wow. is a true story. Okay, enough. Cup half full. Who's walking away with this? Scully well, likes Kepka. He thinks uh, that he's going to make history. Who do you think's walking away with the trophy this week? Um, first of all, you know tomorrow night's going to be a real uh, workout on the remote because not only is the uh, or is it Sunday night? No, Sunday night. Yeah, right. The uh, Leafs are playing. Yes, game, uh, five. game five. Game five. Game five. At 8 p.m. and the final round of the PGA Championship. I think I think it's going to be Tommy Fleetwood. I think he's going to get this done. I uh, I think he's got the. The smarts, and I think he's got the, as I said before, he plays well on tough golf courses. So I like Tommy Fleetwood to bring it home. And and, and, that, and both Kepka and Fleetwood was your picks to move forward and start him, sit him as well. There we uh, go. So, staying true to form. Staying true to form. Um, something tells me Brooks Kepka is going to figure out a way to get this done. Something tells me he is just too stubborn. And when it comes down to this, when it comes down to major championships in the last nine holes, sometimes it's just who wills it in the hole. And I just wonder if there's anybody stronger right now. Uh, and I say right now in the last couple of years. You know, we saw it out of Jordan Spieth when, when Jordan had his, like, three-year window. He kind of reminded us of Tiger. how it, He just, you know, used the Jedi mind strength to right. reel it in a hole. And I'm wondering if we're going to get this with Kepka. My heart is pulling hard for Jason Day. Uh, you know, um, but I think I, I think Scully might be right. I think Kepka gets this done. I would love to see... Um, you know, the last four big names go out tomorrow is Kepka, Day, Fleetwood, Berger. I think those are your four names that are going to get real hot here and make this interesting. What's Tiger do? Bob, we got about a minute left. Tiger Tiger put any positive yardage on the board now that it almost uh, doesn't matter? I don't know. Yeah, I don't see. I don't see, unless that putter gets figured out, which he probably will. He'll probably get it a little bit better. Does he finish the PGA Championship with the putter he started? 
Ooh, good one. Uh, yes, I, st I still think he will, because I think right now, why not? Like, you don't really, I don't, I mean, he still thinks he can win the tournament, and he might be able to do that, but um, I'm not so sure. I I'm not so sure that he'll switch or there's any real reason for him to switch, but I'll bet you he finishes um, within the top 25. Okay, within the with which for more for mortals that's not yeah, a bad outing. Right, I'm going to do what Bryson DeChambeau did as we sign off here yesterday after he smashed break your driver after <laughs> after Thursday when he smashed his driver in the post round he did a four minute commercial for his shaft company. Did you hear the post <laughs> I round? Did, I did. He did a four minute commercial with Tom Rinaldi about his shaft company. It was unbelievable. I'm going to do the same thing now for our sponsor here. Tiger, put in a spider. What are you doing? Just throw a spider in the bag. Look what it's done for DJ. His putting's back. Throw a spider. Bob, thanks. Have a great week. I know yes. we'll chat probably as this thing's unfolding. Enjoy, everybody. Enjoy it. It's on TSN CTV. It is uh, the PGA Championship. We're back this week, Wednesday, for an all-new one-hour Golf Talk Canada TV as we wrap up the year's first major. Remember, first good decision on the golf course, it always starts in the closet. Thank you for watching. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Adidas Golf, ready for sport. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.